0: You know how we do, Rockefeller. Forever. You can catch me, skating through your town, putting it down. Y'all relating, no waiting. I'll make your in info red hot. I'm like Satan. Y'all feel a nigga struggle. Y'all think a nigga luttle. Hustle behind the wheel, trying to escape my trouble. Can't stop the greeting me. I'm me. Talking...
1: What's up? <clears throat> this is episode five of season two of Henna to win it. I'm Will. I'm joined with Blake. What's the deal, Calique?
2: I am back.
1: Chill. What's
2: going on with y'all?
1: Keith is on the way. He's in route, and we got a special day, a special guest today, okay. Al Boogie. What up, Al Boogie?
0: <sighs> well,
3: I mean, I, I do come with my own. Oh yeah, go, go ahead. ahead Al. Those Aka's. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, but I said, I come through with Aka's. Oh, it's your boy okay. Fonzo, aka Young Simba, aka Prince Vegeta, the last real saint alive, aka LaFonze James, Mister Triple Double, No Assist. Zoe Bryant, I take all shots. Zohan, I do got these hands. Izoa Thomas, the good one, Zeke. He's uh, Zodumars, oh, Zodium, because I leave these niggas salty out here. <laughs> Zolo, I'm going to <laughs> far, far away. And they call me beautiful Zoh, henshin the go-go baby. Shout out to all three people that get that reference. Uh,
0: they just uh-huh. call me Kaleek and my friends call me KJ. Well,
3: now that it's time
1: for winter. Um, wow. <laughs> Somebody grab up me some Henny Taylor grab up the Henny He already started <laughs> We got a lot to talk about today uh, We're going to start off real quick Just recapping the NBA draft um, We're going to recap a few things Free agency is on the way uh, we, uh, One of our biggest topics today is We're going to discuss a generational gap And differences from traditionalists To baby boomers, Gen X And of course our generation, the millennials uh, Generation Z, you guys got a while We'll get to you later um, they suck. End of conversation. <laughs> w-
0: w- Blake is. You know what? Okay. Y'all up next. We about to go on a rant you're pretty much, deck. and I feel like Will, you're gonna you're go, on go off you're on up it. Next. But can you let them know who our sponsors are today? Yeah, we're sponsored by.
1: Uh, who are we sponsored by today?
0: Tormina's marinara sauce. <laughs> Too much dip <laughs> on your
2: chip, boy. <laughs> I, smell.
1: I smell. It smells. Smells great. Okay. Uh, before we get started. Jesus. I need to do a public service announcement. Here we go. Oh, Another one. This is going to be very short. I didn't do one last week, but I have to get this out. We need these. Yesterday was officially the first day of summer, June twenty first, <coughs> and I have to make this perfectly clear because we're not going to do this this summer. In fact, so you listen to me.
2: He Look took his glasses,
1: glasses and oh, his hat off. Hat.
0: Damn. You ain't get no haircut yet though. Are you serious? <coughs> <coughs> you know he's serious when he took his hat off. He ain't got no haircut. You don't give a damn.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, summer is here. Let's dress accordingly. Let's act accordingly. There's nothing wrong with having fun. But Well, look who has joined us.
0: What's Mr. going on, baby? KP just stepped into the house.
1: Mr. Pickens.
0: Are those separate KP aka the Jay Z of the group. This is a core, A.K.A. A the pause. Beyonce of the group. What's going on, baby? Keith, go ahead
4: and introduce yourself for the day, bro. Ain't no introduction needed. Just go ahead and do what y'all do, man. I'm here.
1: Well, anyway, public service announcement. It is officially summer. And again, let's do this accordingly. Let's enjoy the summer correctly. And by correctly, that means using common sense, which some people just might not have. So I'm going to help you out. If you are a person who cares to dress nicely, that's perfectly fine. But... If you're a person who is in the realm of XL, XXL, stay in that realm. The realm? Oh stay God. in that realm, because I that's could, great. He
2: called it a realm.
1: XL is not a size six. <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: called it, he called them a realm. <laughs> you just say you don't
1: want to see nobody out here looking
5: like
2: peasy. No PZs out here. No. And we ain't ratting
1: on nobody either. Stop this.
2: Please. Stop it's, this. Is everybody looking like blow the to toothpaste?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, listen. The, this this has to happen because we're not doing this this summer. This is going to be a good summer. Our eyesight is not going to be impaired. So, we're can I one. add on that? Go ahead, Chip.
2: Can I add on that PSA? It's sundress season. I ain't seen no sundresses. What's going on?
1: Well, we ain't had too much sun yet. I mean, I, it's, it's been windy sunny as hell today. Hey.
2: today. I ain't seen no vacuums today. If I go on the river
5: walk,
0: I better <laughs> you see. see you know what? Did you see a vacuum today? I was at Belle Isle with the family,
2: so I'm going to say no. Nope. It's only 75 degrees outside. Don't let your underarms be 85 degrees. Okay, I'm put to the see deodorant. The curtains.
1: Out. I'm Ooh. trying to see the curtains in the back. What she'll just said. I'm was, ready for the sun dresses. <laughs> if you're dressed to impress, that's fine. But don't have your underarms like Miami Vice. That's all we're saying. So, uh, real quick, last thing on this public service announcement. I know a lot of y'all going to be fucking this summer. And in a minute now. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But here, try something a little different for you guys out there that just so you know really about that life. Do something a little bit more sophisticated, a little more educated. Do some foreplay, you know what I'm saying? Come into the bedroom like, shall we away for relations? What? what? <laughs> Somebody help Will and get him out of here. Hit it win anyway. also known
2: as the anyway. Shade Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: We're not sponsored by Holiday Inn, but hopefully we will one day. Anyway, this public service announcement is over. The summer's here. Enjoy it. Enjoy it correctly. Dress correctly. Do not dress like you're a white girl if you're not that type of lifestyle. Embrace it. Have fun. Happy 4th of July. it will be here in about a week. I'm done. It's time to get on to this show. I do have one thing to add to that. It has nothing to do with what you said,
5: but I want to add this. This is a little thing I realized the other day. You guys ever, like, notice that only, like, you can only wear a tie-dye pants if you got the cheeks back there, mm, that's, yeah, I think that's that's a fact. I, I haven't think that's seen tie dye pants.
2: Bec- yeah. You gotta have the cheeks. I gotta agree with that. Don't make me look at the pants with all the colors. There's nothing to look at. That's kind of selfish. Now, I don't know if it
5: like makes the cheeks. I was looking the other day. Some girl was like, "Now I was like, I've never seen a girl who had on tie dye pants or like a sundress that
2: didn't have the
1: cheeks." You haven't?
5: But oh I yes, I have. Is, I, ha- I think this is science, though.
2: I like have. I think. She you ain't seen a real, you ain't seen a real skinny girl in a sundress. Well, sometimes like,
5: I got the little bubble back, there looking exactly. like
2: Angelica's little doll with that little orange dress on, just nothing. In, yeah, look like Cynthia. You know what I'm saying? You ain't never seen that. But Cynthia didn't had tie dye on. I'm
5: talking about the tie dye little romper pants or whatever they call it.
1: don't the pants that bleach in the washing machine.
2: That's what I'm saying. You can't wear them unless you have cheeks. What's on topic for
1: that? What's on the table for today, y'all? Well, uh, like we said today, we're going to discuss briefly the NBA draft. Uh, we're going to discuss free agency coming up. Um, we're definitely going to get into this generational chart. we we definitely going to let our parents and grandparents and even great-grandparents know that we live an entirely different lifestyle, and we're going to put that out on the table today. But before we get into that, let's t- let's recap real quick this NBA draft. Uh, Keith, man, you want to go ahead and, and let the fans know how you feel about the uh, uh, the Pistons pick in particular?
4: Picks. No.
1: <laughs> well, that explains that. I'm a don't, let, No, I'm, don't hide. <laughs> don't hide why that shit. Pick and no. just talk about it.
5: Everybody has a different team, so why don't we go around and all talk about our teams? Good point, Blake. Well, Where'd you know what, sis?
4: This? this is Al's first time on the show. I would like to hear his opinion on whomever team you would like to speak on oh. to, see, to see what your opinions are. Or if not, if you don't have a specific team, maybe just the draft in general. Just an overall about the draft.
3: I mean, the draft in general, it was like, it was a it was top-heavy draft. I don't think it was, like, all that deep. So, like, after, like, the fourth or fifth pick, it was kind of like, nah. all right, pick up a guy if you recognize his name. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, so after well, it was R.J. Baird, it was like, okay. Like, I was surprised that Cam Reddus fell down in like, number 10. 10-11. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh,
2: 11 You hit that, was... Detroit? 10-11. Yeah. You hear that, Detroit? My bad. Go
3: ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. But uh, but those
5: yeah, had fifteen. What was they gonna? They could have moved up. They had two three picks. We got a garbage. We got garbage cans on our plate. You I want a garbage no. can? We We we. Honestly, thought wait. we was gonna wait. move
3: up and like because we had made all those moves when we uh, picked up Tony Snell. I thought that we were gonna get, like trade him and on top of like the number fifteen a pick, pick or and something. move up to like the top ten uh, with some like thirsty team. But uh, at least back into the lottery, right? Right. Yeah. It but was didn't something. end up doing that. But. We got some French guy. I saw some of his gameplay. I saw he was already shooting in the gym like earlier today. He's like at the palace right now. Uh, oh, so they got him right here? Now. Oh, they actually yeah, got him yeah, like, he okay. here. Like he's practicing. Like he putting in work right now. So like I kind of mess with that just because like that just shows he's dedicated to the game. Like I'm a diehard Pistons fan. So like uh, just seeing people like you know like him going to work. You know like our old tagline. Like it's mad appreciative. I don't know exactly what to expect from him, but hey, I I'm just it. here for the ride right now. I like that. Will, what about you?
1: Uh, I was I was really interested myself in the Magic's pick. I really thought they was going to get Bobo, but they did draft a kid out of Auburn. Um, the interesting thing is that, you know, I read on this kid, he's been injured. Um, you know, so it's kind when of you, when you get draft guys who've been injured, you really don't know exactly what you're going to get maybe out of year one. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big Magic's fan. I hope, uh, you know, he works out, um, you know, um, you know, check it out and see what happens. But as far as the draft in general, I think probably the biggest steal to me was the the, the Kevin Porter situation. You know, the fact that he fell all the way down, and you know, uh, fortunately he was able to get picked up. But um, again, I just you know, it, it was it was interesting. Let's to not me. mention Kevin Porter. let not, not let's not mention that. You know, I wasn't trying, Keith. That was not a blatant shot. At I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just <laughs> go Blake. I'm this, just saying. Just go Blake. <laughs> Bulls, um, Blake, You Chicago
2: know what? Bulls. I'm
5: going to say what? I'm happy with the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? Kobe White's putting up on your block, bleeding, sliding. <laughs> I'm happy. And you know what I'm saying? All we got to do is get – I don't want Chris Dunn. get him the White. fuck up out of there, I get Chris Dunn out, go pick up Derrick Rose, bring him back home, mm-hmm. bring right. him back on that
2: bench. We good. I don't know. That man has 76ers. a real Caucasian name. Kobe we didn't White. need
0: much. We already had a, a prime team. We, I mean, we got Matisse Thybul. That's how you say his name. He's mm-hmm. a good defender. That's always what we need. We know seventy six is all about defending, hard work. That's all that city is about. Mm-hmm. But you don't need much when you about to set up a meeting with Kawhi Leonard.
5: Let that shit go. Wow! <laughs> Did he really just wow. let that shit go?
0: <laughs> no, we definitely not getting Kawhi Leonard. I'm not gonna go that far. This, this, this is more. This is more Taylor a formality. Don't say lucky. We can get Taylor Jimmy Taylor Butler. Jimmy back. We can gone. get Jimmy Butler. No, we're not. Then where's he going? The Lakers, probably. Oh my God! No. no, if who, the Lakers anybody. are smart, they're
2: not going to do that. What Cordell, a little sober. Can you bring me? Can you, you, you grab some handy for them, please? This is y'all just. Does Grubhub do that? I, they, they need well, to. We for were y'all. talking
5: about it. Somebody need to make that happen. Y'all
2: keep putting all these stars on the. All right, you know what? Go ahead. What about you? I, you know, who I speak on. I'm going to speak on the Pelicans. That's what I'm going to do. Since you already talked about the Pistons. It's too easy. How's it easy? It's fresh. I mean, it was it's fresh. Go ahead. Do your thing. It's, <laughs> No, no, better yet, I'll pick the Lakers and I'm gonna explain to y'all why there is no third star coming to LA. Now, what they did in the draft, they were solid, they got in there, got them a second round pick. Cool. Had to. Now, for anybody that doesn't understand, otherwise than that, they should have been doing a lot more moving in the draft because money wise, free is gonna be pretty short and quick for them. So I'll say for the draft, I'm gonna like a C. Well it wouldn't make
0: D. it wouldn't make sense for the Lakers to get another. Max player right now. You can't win a championship with eight people on your team. I'm not saying that doesn't or make six sense. people on your team.
2: I'm not saying that doesn't make sense. I'm what? saying they can't. What no, they I know what you're saying. I'm, what? I'm
0: more on your side. I don't think it wouldn't make sense for them to get someone like Jimmy oh, right, Butler right. or someone in that fashion. Yeah, because, that fashion right. because that's all your money. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Up.
2: When the draft came up, they pull in a Golden did. State. No, no, that's what I'm, well, I'm saying. When that the draft came them. up, y'all should have did more effort to get more young players that you can pay and use for three to four years. You could. They don't got shit. What you gonna trade? This stuff you can do. Mortis Wagner. That's what y'all gonna trade. Who? They're going to trade more, Mo Wagner? Yeah. So, who are you going to vet His men? racist
5: ass. Nobody want him. No.
2: They had him and another guy they could have packaged together for a second round pick. They was already planning on doing that. They couldn't get it done before the draft. They were trying to do that to get more cap space.
5: What was they about to get another second round pick for Mo Wagner? The Pistons got four. They could have got second round That's picks. what I'm saying. <laughs> the Pistons didn't get four. The Pistons got two.
2: No, no, no. They no, got they four. And, the, and
5: four.
4: They, they, they traded three. They I three. know. That's why I said they but, end but up the, getting but they two. But the Lakers could have gotten second round picks because they don't mean shit. But that's what I'm – I mean,
2: I guess. That's what I'm – so that's why I gave him a, a C-minus for the draft because you understand what your money situation is. You should have been fishing for more young prospects because you're trying to pay another de facto star or starter with the $23 million you only have. That's all I
4: got. And then I guess to piggyback off my man's aisle, uh, being a diehard Pistons fan, uh, the 15th pick, after giving it some <laughs> I've given it some thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a bad move. Like, on the surface, it doesn't look like a bad move because he has potential mm. and he can grow. That right there, you know, being 18, going on 19 in December, you know, if he can get his game, you know, if Dwayne Casey can work on him like he did Pascal in Toronto, it could turn, you know, really turn over, Please. you know. And I'm praying that it does. And he definitely the, become another Stanley now, Johnson. I'll tell you this. What I didn't understand, and again, goes back to the Tony Snell move, you get rid of John Lure to clear cap space, but you take on more cap space by getting Tony Snell, who has a player option. Doesn't make really, that doesn't make sense. Then you get the 30th pick, not to use it, but to trade it for four more picks, to trade those two out of four picks to move back up to 37. And don't take Bobo. You didn't take Kevin Porter at 30. And you took a guy who's a draft and stash guy who's yep. going to be playing overseas. Didn't really understand that. I'm not the GM, so hopefully it works out. Uh, but They You're get a hard s- Yeah, get, she is Because who is theirs <laughs> We got a point They, got, they get a hard See from me You know As far as that's concerned You know It's hard to say Kind of like what we talked about In the NFL draft You really can't Until a player comes out To show you what his worth is You really can't say If it's a bust or It's a silly move So we have to see them play but it's it's kind of hard to give him anything for me higher than a C because it's just all potential based <laughs> moves. It's not anything that's gonna
2: immediately help them in, in my the opinion. Pistons so, traded for four second round picks. The Pistons, not the NFL, not the Lions. The Pistons traded for four second round picks in yeah. a two draft system. <laughs> and traded <laughs> and, and traded three to move up to get another second round pick. Well, I mean, I'm dealing
3: with like a superstar in Blake Griffin, where we're trying to do like a like kind of like a win
2: now situation. So you exactly. want to come back? Exactly.
4: Yeah. exactly. And that's the thing, piggybacking off of that too. How you going to be in a win now situation drafting developmental guys? Are it's y'all natural. rebuilding or are y'all trying to win now? Make it make sense. You can't draft <laughs> developmental pieces and say we we're going to win now. But does that make sense? And even
5: on top of that, y'all dragged y'all feet to get Mike Conley, then you didn't get And Mike then
4: get Mike Conley. You know what I'm saying? You let him slip all the way to Utah, which is fine. And as even said, well, all the trades that we had, people, the, the prices were too high. Well, what's a high price? Like, y'all don't pick good anyway.
5: Y'all had that 30th pick. I mean, at that point, y'all might as well gave up that and a future pick maybe. I could have got him. But I don't draft good anymore. Anyway. In the same breath, I get why you wouldn't want to take on that contract, but it doesn't make sense when you go ahead and you go get Tony Snell, who who's making a, more than John Lohr. Who, who's John not Lohr's, going to
4: decline his player option exactly. next year. John Lohr
5: is garbage, but he was off books after this year. So right. there's no point in picking somebody else up who's garbage. And then, I mean, if, you totally to, and then better, if you wanted to be but... in the
4: win-now mode, you could have got Michael Conley after a couple of years. Once Conley and Blake's contract was up, you could have let him walk and you could have had all the cap space you wanted. Now, I'm not saying people, you know, that's lining, free agents is lining up at Detroit's door saying, hey, I want to come play for Detroit. But you would have had a pool of money to spend after two years. You would have had an all-star in Conley. You had an all-star in Blake. drumming, whatever, you know, the consensus out on him. But you would have had a chance to compete in the East. Now you got a team that's kind of just – one foot in, one foot out. They'll make nah. the playoffs between six and eight and get beat, or they won't make the playoffs. And I think and something eight. that's
5: going to end up happening. Well, they made a issue getting... with the
2: team they had in the AFC, and they shouldn't got the AFC. They yeah. had the 60 the whole year, damn it, yeah. and they just almost gave the whole shits away.
4: That's what I'm saying. So it's one foot in, one foot out. The roster can still make the playoffs, but it's not going to be anything where it's going to take you four. You know, they're not going to beat a top team with the roster they have. They're just not. Also, no. shout out
3: to the Pistons. They uh, swept the Raptors this year. They went three and zero. Pistons. Uh, we are the official champions. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> uh, uh, Taylor,
2: get
0: glove on me. The Henny. Go to the next topic.
4: It's <laughs> 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 so We going. It's on you, Will. All right, So well, you will, <laughs> Willie Will, let's get, into, let, you know, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today. We talked about the draft, we talked about free agency, we'll double back and talk about Anthony Davis. That could be a whole other 30 minute conversation that I don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into this generational gap that we was talking about. Let's jump into that because it's some real shit that needs to be talked about. For real, for real. Let's
0: get it.
1: This is where you exhale and you get a cup of tea because somebody might lose their voice after this conversation. So, I don't think it's
4: gonna be any of us. <laughs> Maybe the ones that's listening, because <laughs> I feel like we might all be on the same page with this. Let's hear some feelings real
1: quick. As as I all said, as I said earlier in the show, everyone on this show is a millennial. So, but we would love the input of baby boomers, Gen X. If there's any traditionalists out there listening to us, probably God bless not. You. Probably not. <laughs> oh, Why? you mean like not nah, listen?
2: I thought you meant like. <laughs> Never mind. Nah, they already <laughs> asleep. You know what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, the level of disrespect.
1: You know what? Okay. So I found this chart online. Uh, <laughs>
2: 1900, a long time.
1: Ago. It's a generational difference gap that breaks down the traditionalists born from 1900 to 1945, the baby boomers born from 1946 to 1964, the Gen X. Born from 1965 to 1980, and then our generation, born from 1981 to 2000. As I said before, Generation Z, you guys are still growing, so this conversation has nothing to do with you.
2: You own that. But well, how are we yeah.
3: being included with like, with like babies born in like the year 2000? Like that—that's a 10-year gap for me. I was born in 1990. Like I ain't built the same like these kids from uh, from the year 2000. I think the, I think the millennials have a split. Facts, facts. Did, because if, if I mean,
1: if you really look outside of the two thousand, this is two decades. You have the eighties millennials and the nineties millennials. I can almost guarantee the eighties millennials might went through far a little bit more difference than we did. <laughs> crack. Yes, the Reagan era <laughs> and the crack cocaine epidemic. Um,
4: but why is this important? Why, why are we looking at this chart today?
1: The importance of this chart is to explain the difference in living that's the biggest difference okay this chart is so accurate it's scary and even uh we have had friends look at this chart um there's been so many people i've shown this chart to and even just sitting here with you guys where you looked at this chart yourself to realize some of the things on here and each one of us are going to you know touch on something that's very Mm -hmm. important to us um, I actually wanted, uh, you know, just to say it really quickly. Yeah, my parents just, ain't even in
2: the same bracket. That's why I'm so Just by at looking
1: at some of these core values, you know, between millennials, Generation X, and baby boomers, we're so f- different. And, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but we're so different because our way of living is different. And, you know, Al, you know, you, you're our guest on the show. Why don't you start us off, man, if, there, if there's anything off the chart offhand that just kind of stuck out to
0: you? Basically, why do we get blamed so much for shit we didn't do?
3: That's excellent. Uh, well, I mean, because well each generation blames the one after them for everything like that's wrong in the world. Even though right. like for the most part the generation before us is, is kind of like the, you know, technically they are the parent and they are the teacher. So in you know, anything they see wrong, they kinda don't like look in the mirror and be like, Oh, we taught them these things or like, oh, we didn't teach them these things. So like when they blame Uh, Like, a lot of these kids today for, like, uh, I know I've had this conversation with many people in regards to, like, music, and they blame, like, you know, rap music, anything like that for, like, some of the violence that goes on right now, and, like, it's not that hard to imagine. Well, it is a little hard to imagine that back in the 60s and 70s when it was technically more violent uh, than it is currently, that... Y'all were still shooting people, but y'all just listening to R and B. Like, shit, they had
2: they had rock music then, right? They listen point, to rock but, lyrics. But I mean, like
3: just say <laughs> about they were still like loading up their guns while Al Green was playing in the background. It ain't much different. Like, you ain't right. never lied about that,
4: right? It ain't <laughs> much different <laughs> from like the kids in the '80s and '90s listening to us, Shout out What
3: movie ever they doing that shit in the <laughs> right. background? Shout out Al
2: Green. <laughs> he ain't never lied about that,
3: right? But uh, for the most part, like. Um, Like, a lot of the, like, my parents' generation, you know, they were raised by, you know, their parents, our grandparents, and uh, a lot from, a lot of the time, they, you know, see themselves as, like, like a, quote-unquote, like a moral authority on things, because they were the children of the parents from the civil rights era, but you kind of realize that, like, by the time they were in their 20s, during the 80s, they kind of fucked the game up for us, and so, like, they try to, uh, I know, like, children born in the 70s try to re, uh, rebuild and, like, do things in the 90s when they were, like, really, especially for black folks, really embracing, like, their blackness during the 90s and in the late 80s. And then uh, in, the year, in the 2000s, shit kind of went left because of uh, 9-11. And now we're in the 2010s and in the current era where well, much of us are trying to clean up and trying to fix it. That's, we see it as wrong. And not just, like, on a, uh, on a financial level. We see things wrong on a moral level. Like, yes. we're changing things on... Uh, the level between like the LGBT, uh, LGBTQ community trying to get them more included and try to get them you left uh, more off a couple of letters huh you left off a couple letters what well, yeah that i'll just say on the uh, <laughs> on the technical spectrum uh everybody they're going to get your ass <laughs> no no no
2: no you better say all them letters damn it it's <laughs> yeah, like L-G- there you go yeah. there you go all of it no do yeah. you put that p on the end pause don't do that that don't belong there I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the last one that stands for pedophile. That's not going on there. They're trying to get that, that added. Facts Yes, that just, bro. That's oh, facts, yeah, Not add that yeah, on yeah, there. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Yeah, I no. think,
3: yeah, I thought that was like a troll job.
2: I no, thought No, they really yeah, trying. Was, yeah, I thought it was pansexual. They're trying, to pan-sexual? Put no, they're trying to put another P on there for pedophile. They've been trying this shit for the last two, three years. I think the P on there oh. right now
5: is for pansexual,
2: though. Yeah. Um, no, I'm saying the, that's why I got confused. Like they trying to put another one there for pedophile. That's why I got scared. Yeah. No, don't oh, No, no, no. Can
3: no. no, no, <laughs> we put an R no. for Robert? Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, anyway. Go, like, yeah, no, like, bro. I, yeah, but like, even on those type of scales, we're trying to fix things and try to move things because... Um, even on, like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, on the green level, we're trying to make, you know, trying to save the planet. Because, like, I don't know if y'all know, in 2050, science, in, in the year 2050, scientists say, like, this shit gonna burn up. So we're trying to fix this shit right now. We're trying to, uh, I know folks like myself, I'm kind of anti-capitalist because I just see this shit going all types of wrong for ourselves right now. So we're trying to fix things that's going on right now. So, mm-hmm. We just try to move things forward for everybody, and mainly we think of the future more than what our parents and grandparents did. Right. They just thought of it like, if I get my house, I get my car, and I get my child in school, I did a good thing. Nah, it's bigger than that. Now, right. it's if I do my part to help out the community, help out the planet, mm-hmm. and we could pass this shit on to the next generation, then we got something moving. I feel it.
0: I think we're definitely getting back into that that, that creative portion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We we don't conform. If you wow. will. that I've never been that way. And, mom, I love you uh, all day. Um, but one thing that always stuck with me, I remember I wanted to leave Norfolk State University. I just want to be somewhere different. And she was like, boy, I don't care what you want. You're going to go to Norfolk State University. I don't care what job you work at. You're going to do that. That's just how life is. I don't accept that shit, and I will never accept that shit. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a sense of lifestyle that you're not working towards anything. In our type of generation, we have so much laid out our hands. And at our fingertips, we have the phones. We had the emails. We got Google. We can look up shit. We're more educated. And fuck, that piece of paper I got is $75,000, so I better be educated. Right. Um, we we want to move differently. Going to work and doing some shit we don't care about is, 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 is craziness. It's the definition of madness. It's
4: the definition of insanity.
0: I remember... I remember and this might be going way off topic, but I remember I was having a conversation said while I was in Detroit and yeah, I love Detroit. I'm from Virginia Beach, but Detroit is my second home. This place is just just different, it's so special. I ended up just getting to a topic that was, you know, well, one big difference between, you know, why America seems so bright for a lot of people, because you can do whatever the fuck you want, which is naturally so. But why other people like dictatorships and we're not a dictatorship as a country. Um, you know what you're getting with a dictator. Here, it's more profitable to keep you alive. So working at a job that you need health benefits for because you're stuck, you work that job that you're stuck at mm-hmm. because you got benefits. You can't get those benefits on your own. But we're not we're not afraid to take those risks and find and find that motion. So I, we always have to do something a little bit differently, and it's, 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 it's just insane. Just like you were saying, we try to fix shit that's already done. So we're trying to get back to being creators. We're trying to get back to being innovators. And it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a lot to talk about. I'm going to have more ideas that come what up What you
2: before. think, Cheo? I think it's, um, I think it's a mix of like lifestyle and uh mindset. And I think the mindset just came from how the lifestyle was at that generation or that era. Reason why I'm saying like when I look at the uh the uh, columns for traditionalists, I just the only thing that keeps coming up to me is like black and white, black and white, not uh, like r- race, but like it's it's like black and white. It's either this or that. It's there or here. Like you know, it's no gray area. And I think the reason why millennials bash or clash heads so much with traditionalists is because we're a gray area gen- uh, generation where we like to ask why or what for. You know, we like to understand the nuances. We don't. Get on the assembly line in GM and just put part A with part B and let it go down the assembly line. We don't know why. But what the hell am I making? What what for? This down the third block, It isn't that. And um, it's I I, I want to say like it was a real concept in here. I want to look at one thing I've seen that millennials do that a lot of traditionalists don't. That's like real backwards or even like combative. Pretty much traditionalists like to put their heads down, grind to the uh to stone however They want to say they're committed to the company one hundred percent it's blasphemous to look outside the company to consider looking outside the company. Your life is centered around that job like that. Your your job is your savior. And my parents kind of put that on me too. Cause my dad is from the traditionalists, And I think my mom is somewhere between baby boomers and generation X. Yeah. It's a big gap. Uh, but either way. So how I looked at it was, I never felt like I was, I had strings attached to a job. Um, I was always quick. As soon as I seen BS or sensed it, like, uh, a good example. When I used to work for uh, Volkswagen and they brought me in like 13 14 an hour. I didn't realize when we got in there our jobs are actually supposed to be paying us 18 an hour. But company policy is employees aren't supposed to talk with other employees about their uh, wages and things like that nature.
5: That's
3: an American
2: thing, actually. Uh, I, exactly. Yeah. So in other you, countries, they talk about that stuff. And, Blake, you work for me. You know, I ain't keep my mouth shut. I asked everybody in that damn office, what you made? How long you been here? What's the kind of security you got? What your benefits hitting for? I asked everybody. And they kept telling me, no, you also be getting 17, 18 an hour. It's people at a different company getting 20 an hour doing what y'all doing. So, hiring manager hits me back up. You can't talk about your wage. You already said you was fine with the fourteen. I'm like you, so that means you knew I was supposed to get 18 and let me sign on for 14 and There's nothing I can do. So I had to just take 14, right? All right. Long story short, I left, and when I left, two weeks later, my class got 18 an hour. You know, I, I, I take that with a grain of salt. That's pretty. That's, you know. that's pretty rough. Yeah,
4: yeah. Man, my my biggest my biggest thing on you know the whole generational gap. Conversation and it's been had a lot. I have it a lot with my mom, and my grand, uh, my grandmother, and uh, my father. And I think one of the biggest things that kind of separates millennials from Generation X, baby boomers, and just the traditionalists is we're self-made. And the economy that we're in, you have to be self-made. So there are a lot of, you know, millennials out there our age that are millionaires, you know, about their business. You know, have their own businesses, not afraid to get you know business loans to start up their own businesses, um, and I, I think it's important. You know, you're not putting yourself in a box. You know, traditionalists, baby boomers, like you said, because you got to look at the you have to look at the change of the country. We're not getting pensions. No. My father has one coming up. Pretty sure my mom does too. You know, but that's only because they've been <clears throat> locked in the jobs for multiple years. These jobs want you to now sign on to get 401k, meaning you put money up. So when you get ready to retire, you got money to go back on. But people are getting pensions. You know, people are getting Social Security. We're not getting that. But and we're paying for that shit. But we're paying for it, right? That's come out your taxes. You know, and that's very frustrating. You know, you're paying towards something like that, and you know, and I get it. You know, people need health care. People need to be taken care of. I understand that. But at the same time, when you look up and you try to go search for a job, it ain't no jobs. Or how about you put all your trust and faith in the job, then they lay you off. Now you're trying to search for a job because the job you thought you was going to be, I laid you off. It's just, it's crazy. That gap in that mindset and that thought process is crazy. And to me, you know, piggybacking off of what Al was talking about, it... Every generation does find another generation to blame. But the crazy mm. thing is the mess that we in are, are in now is because of past generations. You know, like people that came way before us. Like everybody that's in politics or in higher up positions, they're not 20, 25, 26. They're 60. They're the traditionalists. You know, say it. They're the you know, they're traditionalists the, you know, and opposite baby boomers. You know, so how can you speak on something that millennials do or say, oh, you need to go to school, get an education, get, you know, getting all this debt when it's like, okay. Around y'all time and y'all time frame, when y'all was our age, y'all wouldn't putting yourselves in debt.
3: Or like school was like what, $10,000? And, that, yeah.
4: and that's the thing right there that makes me, that's what really pisses me off. The same education my father got, that I got, he paid way less. Got the mm-hmm. same degree yeah, and paid win. way less. He, just,
2: he doing good for himself. And too, he's right? doing really
4: well. He's doing. He's well off. You know, no knock on my father mm-hmm. at all. But mm-hmm. it just pisses me off how inflation and things change. So we're charging. You know, like colleague said, he had to come from out of state, and he's in seventy thousand dollars worth of debt for the same damn education somebody I got. I got way more than, 30, than that. Thirty. I mean, but I'm just saying. You know, you look at somebody who went to school thirty and forty years ago. They ain't paying that shit, and it's the same degree. That's like, three quarters, man. You know what I'm saying? Like. But, but the millennials are the problem The way we dress, the way we act Our mindset, no, we self-made I Shit, guess,
5: that's what I look at I guess a good way to think about this for me And I've been looking over this chart You gotta kind of think about Who was in charge in each spot Of these time periods I mean, even outside of it being uh, Millennials or whatever Who was in, like, traditions being Ahead of each spot So, I mean, even to this day This time period that's being shown Is not who was affected Millennials don't have as much say is baby boomers and traditionalists want to say they do right now, right? Because we're trying to fix the shit, like we've been saying, that they have pretty much fucked up. Yeah. But they're still in charge. You know what I'm saying? So anything that happened you can't necessarily blame us for the mistake that you made, made and you're still making. I mean, if we even go back and we look at each of these time periods, you got to think about who was in charge during that time period. You know? So, I mean, if we're looking at traditionalists, right? I mean, this is, we're in war. So this is we're in war in that time period. We go to baby boomers. We're in war again. We go to Generation X, which is a ama- I think Generation X. No offense to anyone in Generation X, or if you take it, I really don't give a shit. But that was the first generation I think that really fucked up, and it was due to the actions of generations before them. And baby boomers and millennials. The more I look at this, the more they have in common. I mean, baby boomers and millennials have the whole idea of kind of knocking heads against the idea of what's supposed to be. I mean, baby boomers were coming in during the civil rights movement, which was a major going against this thing. But the problem that they had was they were still in that mindset that they saw black people, at least, or minorities saw white people were doing these, like, that white picket fence idea. And we were like, no, we want that shit, too. Right. That was that was the thing with baby boomers. They were like, you worked at the factory? I want to work at the factory. Right. And basically, white people said, by the time Generation X came around, they said, cool, you can do that shit. Right. You can go work at that factory. We'll just be the manager of that factory. Right. And that kind of moved on to into Millennials where we're like, and it's it's happening again. Right. Millennials are yeah. like, yeah. no, I don't want to work at your fucking factory. I want to be the manager of your factory.
2: Because it ain't the same no more. That's
5: yeah. what I'm saying. So it's it's basically another upgrade that we want that power. That. And it's, it's going from traditionalists like, because at this point this is this is the civil rights movement it hasn't even happened yet, so they're kind of like X. That's the. It's it's kind of if you look at it, a big factor in it is black people. If you look at each generation or minorities, and that's kind of how we're basing it right now. The conversation is more. I listen to it is more how our parents handle things and what their ideas were. That's true. Baby boomers' ideas were, we want what the white man had at that time. The white man at that time had that factory job, had that house that was. With the white picket fence and the, the white dog picket and fence, two keys, the car, the, the, the American dream. The American, yeah. dream, the American dream, oh, the American dream oh, has not changed. changed. Right, so the American dream is not to have a white picket fence anymore. The American dream now is to have a Maserati in your backyard. So well, it's, we're more
3: community based now as a generation, too. We are, too. So it was, yeah, so we rather work with people, yeah. So right. it's not
0: so much of a hierarchy, it's more of like, all right. I respect your game. You bring something to the table. Let's just do this shit together. But that, that's it's another easy. thing that,
5: and that would be one thing that's different. I think the one thing that is different is not necessarily we just want your, it's like we want your spot. We want to help all of us get into your spots as well. And we want to help you fix the problems you fucked up. So it's still the same thing. We want we want those spots. We want to be leaders because we think we can be a better leader than all these generations that have passed. Which, I can get with that. I can see that. I can actually. get with that.
1: I, I can, can get with that. that. I can get with that. What yeah. you think, Will? <clears throat> I'm just looking at one thing that I've been staring at since I, I yeah. found this chart on the very last page in the section called retirement. I want, I want everybody to know right now that a traditionalist for retirement says put in 30 years, retire, and live off of pensions and savings. Didn't I
4: just say pensions and savings? <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>
1: Let me explain. You know, I, everybody, I, I just want to share this real quickly. I'm the third, my name is William Charles Andrews III. There were two before me, rest in peace to my father, William Charles Andrews Jr., my grandfather's still living. They both worked at Ford. They both raised their families, took care of their families off of Ford. When I was a senior in high school in 2009, my father was laid off. He got called back, but he told me right before my senior year started, I can't get you in here. You're gonna have to go to college. My entire mindset had to change. Because when I started high school, I was under the impression that I could graduate and go make $70,000 a year once I got my high school diploma. That game ended in an instant. So I understand, because I am a millennial, I understand completely that our changing of the guard was not, this was not planned. This was thrown in our face. And we're cleaning up and take... This is basically, you lived your life. Now I have to figure out how to live mine because your living was different from mine. You were able to maintain differently than I have to maintain. Now, if I stay at a job for 30 years, it's, especially in 2019, I promise you, there's somewhere along that line where I've thought of quitting. Someone has probably even thought of committing suicide. Someone has thought of Lord knows what. But the fact of the matter is, the baby boomers, the Generation X, even traditionalists, I respect because they had far less to work with than we did. You know, they, they had far, you know, and, and even just like the golden era of hip hop, there was a golden era of employment. There was a golden era in the economy. You, you get a My grandmother would tell me all the whole time when my grandfather would give her $20, she could fill up the refrigerator off $20. I wish I could get just two bags of groceries for $20. You can't fill up your tank on $20. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not filling
2: up the tank on $20 no more.
1: And, and this is what I'm saying, just the cost of living oh, and the, way of, the way of living <laughs> when the, the U.S. national average, and I'm not quoting this, if a median for a house to spend $200,000 to buy a home. So and, and then if you chalk in interest, depending on your credit score, you're going to spend another three four $400,000. So I'm basically... Working to live I, I you know and the difference between us millennials we're not doing that we're we, you know a millennial is not going to go to work seven days and pay for something I can't enjoy we're not doing it
4: because that. it goes back to what Kalique said though it's the definition of insanity I'm working for a company I really don't want to be at my heart is somewhere else but I'm giving y'all my all every day and it could be a nine to five it could be an eight to five some people work more, you know 40 hours, 45 hours, 55 hours. I'm doing this every day, and I don't want to be here. And, it, you know, for us, you know, millennials, it sucks, you know. I'm in a situation like that, you know. Going to a job every day, miserable. You know, I'd rather be doing this every day. You Could know, I'd rather be on ESPN every day instead of working, you know, to working for corporations. And, again, that's a corporation. But at the end of the day, I'd rather be – to me, the biggest thing is to – millennials would rather be work, rather be, if they're going to work, it's going to be a career. It's not going to be a job. So when you wake up every day, you're happy, you know, and it's going to be some ups and downs. I mean, nothing is perfect, but if I'm waking up every day saying, damn, you know, I really love what I do. You don't mind working, you know, it's timeless. You're not counting the clock in the time that wherever you are, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's the big difference where the generations before us they like you said the plant jobs or just the jobs that were that were available they grabbed them they stayed there for a long time and they were just content with that oh i'm making 60 70,000 and you know 60 and 70,000 10 15 20 years ago that's a lot of money you know cuz the you know inflation hadn't occurred yet so you know in the 90s and the 80s li- you know living <laughs> off 60 and 70,000 you was basically you almost felt like you was rich oh, you know okay. you weren't rich you know but for us it's just different I, it's hard to really explain it's just you know, the millennial, to me, the millennial would rather be in a career where they're happy or doing something where they're self-made instead of giving all their time to these big, these big corporations that don't care about you.
3: Yep. Yeah, I was going to say that we, like, as a generation, we kind of don't care about big corporations and big brands like that anymore. Like, we've seen what they do. Like, we see how, like, I'm trying to be like... the like the green guy, but like we see what they do to like the, the community and like how they just yep. manipulate and just use yep. people yep. and just like pollute in general. So we're just yep. like, bro, we can do, we can just do this shit ourselves. We right. can just go rock with something else. And we, we tend to take the role less traveled because yep. we've seen what happens when we just take the normal rocks for everything. We just, we've seen and we don't we, uh, see happiness from that other side. Right, yeah. We've seen what our parents and grandparents had right. to do to just like, you know, get up, go to work. We work six days a week. I may have Sunday off. And I'll see my uh, family then, and then I go back to work and do that shit on Monday, and work again till Saturday. That shit sounds depressing to me. It's like, horrible. <laughs> that like. And you want me to work like I'm 29 right now, like, and you want me to do that until I'm 65? Yeah, no way. Like, no way.
0: We'll add technology on top of that, and we're always on some type of Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah, so so actually, we start to seeing other people having fun. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be working 60, 70 hours, and they they're banking money, but they can't spend it. Other people are having fun. We're not having fun. We always got a FOMO situation as millennials. Yeah. And that's a part of that sucks. A part of that shouldn't be happening. You should just be able to live your life. But that's a part of it Yeah, as I want well. to say
3: the inclusion of, this is what really separates us, is the inclusion of the internet and how it really changed everything for us. Because we're the generation, like, we're, we, we were kind of in, like, that sweet spot we understand where we that still shit. was like, all right, cool, we go outside and play right. and then walk. Well, I don't know. We, my family, we grew up humble, I guess the word to say. And we didn't get internet until I was 18 years old. So, like, I was done with high school. Like, I had to still go to the library up the street from me to in order for me to go use the internet. I feel that. The no, I feel like, that. I had a computer to, like, you know, that. to like you know type papers and whatnot. Right. right. to actually find information that I couldn't, like, you know, grasp out of a book at home, right. Right. I had to go to the library and go mm-hmm. do that. So... The inclusion of the internet these days gives us the knowledge to know, once again, uh, we can take different routes and do other things our own way. And uh, one thing... All right. If y'all want to shit on millennials about one thing, that that FOMO crap is kind of obnoxious to me because, like, to be, like, jokey about it, like, I don't know if everyone's seen the uh, series Chernobyl on HBO. Not yet, because I just entered my HBO now. Yeah, it's about the uh, Chernobyl nuclear plant that kind of fucked up back in the 80s. Yeah, And so people right now... if you want to shit on us, this is how I'll, I'll accept it. People are going to Chernobyl right now. Like the influencer, like has you know the quote unquote influencers on like Instagram and whatnot are going to Chernobyl, taking photos, being like, "Oh, I'm here, I'm here," and they're getting radiation. Like, how did you watch a series where people were getting radiation <laughs> and then you still go and then you're surprised when you get radiation? Like, That's ridiculous. If <laughs> I'm you want to crap that. on us on that one. I'm not. I'm not with,
4: that. I'm think, not with think, that.
1: Think about this real quick, just from an emotional standpoint. And I'm not a parent, Kalik, You do a great job. Millennials, baby, uh, excuse me, baby boomers, Generation X, but mainly baby boomers. You, you, you're making your fam- your family. You know, kids back then, sixties, they dressed nice clothes. They, they wore the best of everything. I mean, we're talking about Hudsons. We're talking about the Fisher Building. We're talking about the best. Your parents worked there, especially your father when was the last time your father told you I love you? When was the fast time your father hugged you? When, when can you, you, your father dressed you to impress. He made sure you ate. He made sure you, you knew what it was like to ride in a Mustang and, and everything. But when was the last time you felt an emotional attachment to your parent? Because they're working so much. And like Al just said, Sunday is their only day off. And especially in African-American homes, Sunday you were in church all day. So where is the emotional attachment there? And see, this is what a lot of baby boomers don't understand, but millennials, especially those who are parents of millennials, they grasp to their children. They make sure their children understand that love at the beginning stages is very important. I get responsibility, I get being a provider, I I respect all that. But when when you are leaving out the biggest part of it all, that's the part that, you, it's, it's at that point we become systematic. We're robots. You're basically telling me to go to work every day, provide, but we're leaving out everything emotional. Just like with the baby boomers and traditionalists who were sent off to war, the Korean War, the, you know, um, the Vietnam War, World War II, Pearl Harbor. All these situations, these, guys, these these men who fought for their country, they come back home, They can't even look at their daughter. They can't look at their son. Or they look like complete strangers.
2: I can can understand that, though, in a weird sense. You tell a father... And you keep saying that era, the father runs the household. No matter what, everything goes through him. He's the breadwinner. He brings home the bacon, all that little slogans, whatever. And the only job that you can for surely uh, get and that pay you a lot is the factory. And the factory is going to work you at least 10 to 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Like you said, then on Sunday, y'all in church all day. So you can't form no bond with your kids, but you can get them anything they want. They just can't see you. There's already uh, the detachment there. Y'all minds are already different because you believe you need to work all day, every day to stay successful. Them watching you not be there and watching their mom do too much, they're gonna grow up and say, "I want balance." And then you're teaching me in school that out of all the corporations, uh, the the richest people is is, is the top three or five percent. We all work for the richest three or five percent. If you look on the chart and see the for the errors when they're in how much of them percents are in the workforce, traditionals are at five percent. That's close to three percent. That's your old people. That's your, that's your Rockefellers. That's everybody that runs everything. That's, that's, that's everybody there. And then you have us at 10%. Why are we at 10%? You've been telling us that we work for the top three, 5%. Why would I join the workforce if I'm trying to be the top three, 5%? Most likely my boss is not, if he's not a traditionalist, he's a baby boomer, which means his, his mindset on, on, on working is different from mine. I'm already at a disadvantage. So make it make sense. Then, mind you, in Generation X, they changed how schooling was made. Do you understand? Back then, schools for um focused more on agriculture, inventing, engineering, all that was in high school, not just like on the little elective or in this chapter. You're gonna learn a little bit about this. No, it was. It was specialized in high school. So when you got to a high school diploma, you What's can go and around? actually do stuff. But they changed it then. No, you have to do 9 through 12. Now you got to do four years of college. It's down to third. And they took all the extracurricular stuff out. And that's why they keep saying every year they take a little bit more art out. Every year well, a little bit more art.
5: It was, I guess in Generation X they did start to take away art and stuff. But they, more, they took more away like the... Uh Hand like labor class like so hands-on like, skills, shop. skills and trade. That's Cooking, what I'm saying. Uh Skill trade classes, home ec. In general home ec. and you know, because the workforce was the workforce it, it, was I, shifting. Yeah, I can't I'm say it's that, I mean the that, that arts. Shift, unfortunately, didn't. the arts were taken out of that. But the thing about it is, it did take away from millennials like skills to fix things. so We are not that great at fixing manually fixing things. Like the percentage of millennials who can fix tires is not that high at you know, all, or a flat tire, but. In the same breath, we had more of a focus on academics, which is more, less personable. Like, now we're not as—I it mean, school is more of a, like, drag for kids now,
2: but— Because it's just programmed. you just sitting them in front of a, a, a person for six, eight hours and not teaching them nothing but what's in the book, just making them memorize the book. Then we graduate from college with the four-year degree, oh, you need four or five years experience or, or knowledge in this— that the degree they teach you is? I wouldn't say it's more, a. they're
5: not really banging with textbooks as much. But right, what right. it is now, is more all about testing and what you score at. This let's is see, the highest generation. But, so the but, generation. See, see, that's, but that's, that's
4: that's that's another one of that's my... That, that's right. That's another yeah. one of
5: my problems, though. Like, Brendan is
4: studying um, basically going to be studying for the bar soon. You know, so he's working at a firm currently. And he'll tell you right now if he was in his room, he fucking hates school. He hates it with a fucking passion. Like, he would... He would he would fucking tell you how bad he hates school. But the problem is too, back to what y'all was talking about, test like the testing now, not the test book itself. Standardized tests is bullshit to me. You know what I'm saying? So, you're going to tell me, I got to take this test. I
3: mean, they're really racist. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like
4: to, to place me where I need to be, and not to cut you off. You know what I'm saying? No, to place me go. where I need to be, it's bullshit. You know, just to, to, to tell me that I'm smarter than you, smarter than you, smarter than anybody in this room? Like, no, nah, man, it's There's bullshit.
5: The biggest problem with standardized testing is uh, the fact that people don't learn things at the same time. So, in the suburbs, boonies, they learn things at a different rate. At a than different somebody rate. So you guessing. might learn whatever here, and then in public schooling, we might not be there yet. Right. And it's not that someone's not capable or not smart enough. Is we it's not literally apples apples. are not there yet. Like if this kid has an IEP, which is if someone's not learning at the same level, it's kind of like a not necessarily. I don't want to say mental disability, but I know what you're saying. Right, right. Um, if that kid is not able to learn at this level, and the problem is now that the schooling system has basically got rid of those special education programs. Oh, so now it's kind of like they get a they get an A. So the A comes in the class but the A's is not already there. And if the school can't afford the aid, then there's no aid.
2: So he just sits there.
5: Yeah, he or she. So the thing is and that kid gets bunched in with the rest of the kids and then you got to think if you're a teacher I'm getting evaluated. My scores matter on how well this whole class does. Right. So if Tim has an IEP, yeah, he is dyslexic. He is bunched in with the rest of my scores. They don't take ten months of class, and he may test separately, right. but he is still accounted into my, my, uh, my scores.
2: Your ratings and test going, which goes against your money. Got it.
1: Well, this we're getting ready to wrap up the show. Um, we hope you know we, we we definitely got the attention of a lot of people. Like I said, we we know you, we usually talk about sports and a lot of things, but this is something that needs to be heard from our side of the story. You you know. But before we wrap up, you know, just let everybody give their moral of the story, you know, uh, just this chart and just what they think in general. Again, we're all millennials here, and, but that doesn't mean that our values and the way we think are dissimilar. Uh, Keith, man, you want to give your last little your message? On the chart, just based off of what we discussed, as yeah. far as, mm-hmm. you know, um, biggest
4: thing is from generation to generation, you know, as a country, you know, we must work together. In my opinion, work together to resolve whatever issues is going on. Millennials, to me, we have a to me we have a clear a clearer vision of what we like and what we want to do and how we're going to do it. Um, I just want you know the generations, um, the generations. You know what? I'll even say the generations after us and the generations before us. You know, the biggest thing is is coming together to work together uh, to, to resolve whatever, whatever problems that we're having, you know, whether it's, you know, the education, you know, educational reform, um, the economy, whatever it is, because really, you know, people are struggling out here unnecessarily. And, you know, it's unfair to those, especially, you know, to my friends and my family, people that, you know, blood, sweat, and tears go to work or go to school every single day, you know, with the vision of doing what they want to do and can't do it. And that pains my heart. It really pains my heart. So I think the biggest takeaway from this is, you know, pairing four generations together. Just work together. It's, you know, simple as that.
2: Yeah. Y'all made this world. This world is a hand-me-down world. This is what y'all handed us. Don't get mad at us for what you gave to us. We working with what y'all gave us. So let us do our best. Khalid? Um,
0: I'm reading a book right now from a guy called Humble the Poet, and it's called Unlearn. Um, and one of the quotes that really, that whole book is just like a, a quote machine, but one of the quotes that stick with me is, unhappiness is when the vision in your head doesn't match what's in front of you. And all we want to do as millennials is to sense to be happy. We've seen our grandparents, we've seen our mothers, we've seen our fathers go to work, come home, don't have much of a life. A lot of times they make sacrifices. A lot of things that they taught us are good. Some of those things are bad, so it's like some of those mentalities we got to try to unlearn. And like you were saying, not to be so hardened. So we want to be able to do the things that we want to do in order to be happy. We don't want to wait until we're 60 to go live life and then go do things on our bucket list. You wake up, your body parts don't work the same. I'm 29 right now, and I get up off the bed, and I don't, and I, and I don't get up the same. Hello. Knees, I got that. <laughs> oh. oh. And now oh. And now I realize that shit. Shit just ache out of nowhere, and I did nothing to it. So it I want to be able to retire and enjoy my life right now. In the 30s, 31, 35, 40, and then go retire and go live life. So basically, I just wanna be happy. We're doing things a lot differently right now. And of course, we're always participative. So, yes, I wanna work together in order to do that. And that's what we do as millennials.
5: Blake? I just wanna say, I mean, as a creative, I think one thing we have not acknowledged is how well, and I have to say this before we close out. How well, like, movies tailored to millennials have been. That goes from Lion King to Inception, 500 Days of Summer. We got some of the greatest movies. And then just on top of that, we, we got Flavor of Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. A classic. That's uh, that's what we got. See what I'm saying? We we brought a lot to um the world of film. I mean, even the movies like The Avengers, that's been tailored to millennials. Yeah, So I think yeah. it's just far moving in that direction of, like... Creativity, I think, is a major thing that uh, millennials have been doing and how things, like... I think we've, like, really shifted how movies are, like, tailored now. We, we want them to be good. Y'all welcome. Bullshit.
1: Al. <laughs> yep. Uh, well,
3: I always want to mention that uh, us as millennials and, I guess, as a group of young black men, uh, we're more emotionally aware. Uh, We're more willing to be emotionally vulnerable to each other now. Like, I more or less don't... I don't care how people look at me weird, but like I definitely tell my friends, my boys, like, "Hey, yo, I love you, bro." Before I, before we leave out, absolutely. and that shit is real. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah,
4: because yeah. tomorrow not promised, right? Yeah. What about you, Will? Real quick before you wrap it up, I
1: got I got it, I got to pick your brain. What you think? I'm gonna say this: Every generation can teach the next generation, but you can't teach us to live your life. We have to live ours. You have to allow us to live ours. If we don't want to own homes, we don't want to own homes. If we don't want to buy cars, we don't want to buy cars. We, our generation, we're more independent of individuality. We understand the importance of you being you and me being me. That is no disrespect to anyone, but that's how we are. And if the elders, our grandparents, great-grandparents, even our parents, if you don't understand that, that's okay. That's okay. That's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, like Al said, We try to embrace love. Like Khaliq said, we try to be more organized as far as community and embracing one another. And we are the stems from the trees you blossomed. So let us be great. Let us blossom. But let us blossom under our own sun and our own light. Go ahead, Will. Indubitably. Go ahead. That's Will. what I'm talking about. Go ahead,
4: Will. I hear you, man. Preach, brother. You should have been a reverend. We all love reverend you. Reverend Andrew. We,
1: we love you all. Thank you for another episode. Now, hold on.
4: Before you close out, you got to shout out Motown Motivated, man. Of what course, Motown Motivated. Where's Motiv- your mind yes, at, man? Where? Come yes, yes. on, Reverend. Snap on, a Motown reverend. Motivated Where? real quick. <laughs> Come on. He got an organ playing. That's.
3: A- <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on, Reverend. Come on, Reverend. What you
4: doing? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Motile Motivated. We appreciate you, as always. You guys do a great job. We appreciate everything. We appreciate the input they did. Uh, definitely some behind-the-scenes stuff we did earlier, talking about the chart. We got some great input from those guys. Um, next week, we're having a special, another special guest on the show, Detroit rapper Chief O., is coming in the building to uh, discuss some things, not only music, but he is a huge LeBron James fan. Bigger and, than me? Whoa, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <clears throat> uh, definitely want to shout out our family and our friends. We love you guys. We appreciate the support, no matter what generation you're from. We It's all love for us. Have a, have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Be blessed. We love you. We out.